No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord declares Judah's sin and punishment. Jeremiah prays for deliverance. If the people will keep the Sabbath holy, then the city will remain. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 17 on Simply the Bible. Sin is sticky stuff. It's worse than stepping on gum on asphalt in the hot summer sun and then trying to get it off your shoe. Only God can remove our sins from us. And this only occurs through confession and repentance. But sadly, the people of Judah were unwilling to do that. We continue in Jeremiah chapter 17. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron, with the point of a diamond it is engraved, on the tablet of their heart and on the horns of your altars, while their children remember their altars and their wooden images by the green trees on the high hills. They were so attached to their sin of idolatry, and it was so attached to them that the two were inseparable. Now the law of God was supposed to be written on their hearts, but instead their sins were written upon their hearts as though engraved there with an iron pen and a diamond point. We may have forgotten about our own sins. Can you remember the sins you committed when you were a child? But they remain written on our hearts until we believe in Jesus Christ and confess them. The blood of the sacrifices was applied to the horns of the bronze altar in the temple, but they had built altars on the mountains and dedicated them to Asherah, the Canaanite goddess of fertility. The Asherah poles were actually obscene images of the goddess carved into wood. This idolatry is what clung to their hearts and what their children would remember. It is bad enough when adults fall into sin, but it is even worse when they teach it to their children. We think of those parents who have left their pornographic magazines or videos out for their curious children to see. What damage and perversion it brings to those impressionable hearts. O oh, my mountain in the field, I will give as plunder your wealth, all your treasures, and your high places of sin within all your borders. And you, even yourself, shall let go of your heritage which I gave you. And I will cause you to serve your enemies in the land which you do not know. For you have kindled a fire in my anger which shall burn forever. The Lord viewed Jerusalem as his mountain in the field, but he would give away their wealth and their pagan shrines as plunder to the Babylonians. The wonderful possession God had given them would slip from their hands and they would become slaves in a foreign land. It makes me wonder what wonderful possessions have slipped through our hands as a nation because of our idolatry. What heritage have we lost because we put money, possessions, sex, success, power, or pleasure before our sincere worship of the true and living God. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness 
in a salt land which is not inhabited. The people were also guilty of unbelief. When the people of Judah realized that they were in trouble from the Babylonians, rather than responding to God's prophets in faith and turning from their sins, they turned to Egypt for help. They were leaning on the arm of flesh rather than trusting in the Lord. But the Babylonians would soon conquer Egypt so that their reliance upon the arm of flesh would prove to be futile. So it is with all who rely upon man rather than trusting in the Lord. They think they can save themselves, not realizing just how powerless they are. They turn away from the Lord to go their own way, but it always leads to disappointment. They become like a desert shrub, dry and barren. And when good comes, they don't see it because the God of this age has blinded them. They are alone and discontent in a parched and salty land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. The person who trusts in the Lord is blessed. The one thing that pleases God, the one thing that receives his promises is faith. The one who trusts completely in the Lord is like a tree planted by the waters. He spreads out his roots deeply into the love, grace, and provision of God. His leaf remains green and his fruit luscious and abundant. When the year of drought comes, and it will come, he does not need to be anxious or fearful. His heart rests securely in his God and he is at peace. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. We may think that we know what is in our hearts, but we don't. Only God knows the heart. God allows us to be tested so that we can come to know what is in our hearts. Some trial comes along and we see what's truly inside us by how we react. If you are following the inclinations of your heart, then you will soon find yourself far off the mark because your heart cannot be trusted. So if the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, then what can we do? We must humble ourselves and ask the Lord to search our hearts. Only God can search us and test our mind. Only he can reveal to us our true motives. Only he can help us discern good from evil. And how does he do this? Through the sharp two-edged sword of his word that judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. As a partridge that broods but does not hatch, so is he who gets riches but not by right. It will leave him in the midst of his days and at his end he will be a fool. Like a partridge that gathers a brood that she did not hatch, so is the person who unjustly gathers riches. They will flee as quickly as they came. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me 
shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. What do we really believe about God? Do we believe that he sits on his throne above all things? Do we believe that we can come to him at any time in Jesus' name to help us in our time of need? Is he truly our fountain of living water? Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Indeed, they say to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. As for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd who follows you, nor have I desired the woeful day. You know what came out of my lips. It was right there before you. Do not be a terror to me. You are my hope in the day of doom. Let them be ashamed who persecute me, but do not let me be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but do not let me be dismayed. Bring on them the day of doom and destroy them with double destruction. The people did not believe Jeremiah was a true prophet of God. It wasn't that his words didn't align with scripture or that they didn't come to pass. They just didn't like what Jeremiah said. But Jeremiah remained faithful to the Lord, and so he prayed that he would not be put to shame, and that God would destroy his enemies with double destruction. Thus the Lord said to me, Go and stand in the gate of the children of the people, by which the kings of Judah come in, and by which they go out, and in all the gates of Jerusalem, and say to them, Hear the word of the Lord, you kings of Judah, and all Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem who enter by these gates. God told Jeremiah to stand at the city gate where the kings and merchants would come and go. Thus says the Lord, Take heed to yourselves, and bear no burden on the Sabbath day, nor bring it in by the gates of Jerusalem, nor carry a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day, nor do any work, but hallow the Sabbath day, as I commanded your fathers. But they did not obey nor incline their ear, but made their neck stiff, that they might not hear nor receive instruction. Keeping the Sabbath day holy, was the fourth of the Ten Commandments. It was the sign of the covenant God made with Israel at Mount Sinai. Their failure to observe it showed that they no longer regarded their covenant with God. Rather than resting on the Sabbath, they were bearing burdens and working. They were permitting loads of merchandise to come through their city gates. God's holy day was not being honored at all. Verse 24, And it shall be, if you heed me carefully, says the Lord, to bring no burden through the gates of this city on the Sabbath day, but hallow the Sabbath day to do no work in it, then shall enter the gates of this city kings and princes sitting on the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, they and their princes, accompanied by the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and this city shall remain forever." And they shall come from the cities of Judah and from the places around Jerusalem, from the land of Benjamin and from the lowland, from the mountains and from the south, bringing burnt offerings and sacrifices, grain offerings and incense, bringing sacrifices of praise to the house of the Lord. They had treated the Sabbath lightly, but it was a serious matter to God. 
If they would observe it, then they would have kings and princes sitting on the throne of David and Jerusalem would remain forever and not be destroyed. People would gather from all over to enter the holy city to worship, all because the people obeyed the Lord and set apart the Sabbath. But if they would not keep the Sabbath day holy, then God would set fire to their gates and no one would be able to put it out. Even so, God was giving them yet another chance to avoid destruction. But would they trust and obey? But if you will not heed me to hallow the Sabbath day, such as not carrying a burden when entering the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in its gates and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem and it shall not be quenched. They weren't even to kindle a fire on the Sabbath. But if they failed to keep the Sabbath day holy, then God would kindle a fire against them that would devour the gates and palaces of Jerusalem. And that is exactly what did happen during the Babylonian invasion. So what is written on our hearts? Is it our sins or is it the word of God? Under the new covenant, God has written his law upon our hearts. May he help us to walk in it and not to deceive ourselves. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Next week, we will see where God tells Jeremiah to go to the potter's house. While he is there, God tells him that Israel is clay in his hand. They have rejected him, so they will be scattered. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jeremiah on Simply the Bible.